Welcome to The Breakthrough Hour with Pastor Camille McKenzie. Arise to your dominion. Don't tarry. It shall speak. Who am I speaking to? Pastor Camille McKenzie is a powerful woman of God who was anointed and appointed to execute the spiritual mandate. You must win. She operates in the five-fold ministry to bring deliverance by the power of the Holy Ghost to a lost world. But I come to prophesy to somebody and let you know that Jehovah has the final say. This is your breakthrough hour. Here is Pastor Camille Sophia. I want you to take this moment to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. Verse 4, verse 5, verse 8, and verse 13. And then Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them for and last and they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance bow your heads father we thank you for this word we thank you for the anointing that makes preaching easy Bind up every demon, every wickedness in this house and outside of this house. Let your glory descend. And Father God, I ask one thing of you, that this word shall not return void. But there will be an accomplishment on today. Father, I pray for your anointing that gives power to preach. And I decrease now God as you God increase bless the hearers and let there be a receptiveness in the house and father that we God will examine ourselves as the word go forth that at the end of it God we shall be fruitful and transformed by the power of this word for it's into your hand I commit the speech word now in Jesus name I pray Amen. As you're going to your seat, I want you to give your neighbor my sermon title, Positioned for the Power. 
turned to your neighbor and said to your neighbor, neighbor, I'm positioned for the power. Come on, turn to your neighbor. Come on, turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I'm positioned for the power. Come on, turn to your neighbor. Say, I'm positioned for the power. By way of homiletics, four points. Do you have the posture for the power? Point number two, the right place at the right time. Number three, one accord position. And number four, pull down the power. By way of introduction, after Jesus was manifested in the flesh, had finished his work on earth before he ascended, he appeared to the 11 disciples and revealed himself to them. Jesus enlightened them by reminding them of his purpose. He said unto them, open quote, thus it is written and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead and the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from an eye. End of quote. Luke 24, 46. And you see, even though Jesus was about to leave, God had no intentions of forsaking us. For he said, I will not leave you comfortless. Therefore, he gave unto us a precious gift, which is the third member of the Godhead. You see, saints, we need to broaden our understanding to know that God has given the church the power. And it's a very special power. You see, some theologian has done a bad job in downplaying the power. And other denomination has misunderstood the power. And some churches have decided not to even engage in walking in this power. Some churches are in trouble because they are operating in everything else except the power of the Holy Spirit. And you see, Jesus gave the disciples specific instructions. He said, don't approach the work until you are endued with power from an eye. Don't go and start any church until you are endued with power from an eye. Allow me to give you a brief synopsis of the book of Acts. The book of Acts was written by Luke the Gentile physician you see Acts is a continuation of Luke and it's called the book of the Holy Spirit the Greek word for Acts is praxis which means doings transactions and achievements you see it was written in AD 60 
61 uh, and around AD 63 while Paul was first imprisoned in Rome. You see the book of Acts plays an important role in the New Testament uh, as it provides the history of the early church. You see quintessentially Acts is important as it gives an in-depth demonstration and manifestation of the power of the Holy Ghost. May I enlighten you to tell you that nothing started in the earth without the Holy Spirit. For in Genesis 1, uh, the Bible says, uh, the earth was void and darkness covered it. Uh, but the Bible said, God said, let us, uh, uh, he said, let there be. And when he said that, you see, there's a communion with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, but the Bible said it was the Spirit that moved upon the earth and began creation. So may I enlighten you? Uh, that in Genesis we find the Holy Spirit uh, creating things and now in the New Testament uh, just as God was getting ready uh, to commence the church uh, he says I can't do it without the Spirit creation started with the Spirit therefore the church got the start with nothing else but the Holy Spirit. You see, the church is a supernatural structure. If you're gonna start something supernatural, then you need the Holy Ghost. You need the power. So as the men in the book of Luke, right at the end, the Bible said they stayed. They were gazing as Jesus was going up. The Holy Ghost was about to come down. Jesus said to the 11 men, don't pick up a brick. Don't even write the vision. Don't do nothing but go in Jerusalem and wait for the power you can't do it without the power. Go wait. I said to go wait. Wait on the power. May I give you an explanation of the power? You see, the Holy Spirit is co-existent, co-eternal, and co-equal to God the Father and the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the foundation of the church. The Holy Spirit is a special enablement available to everyone who believes on the name of the Lord. Anything that you do will not be contingent upon your own abilities but on the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's why you don't need a BA to be a preacher. You 
don't need a melodious voice to sing. You don't need to be a genius to witness. All you need in this epoch is the Holy Ghost. Can I go deeper? For the Holy Ghost sets us apart from every religion. You see, the Holy Ghost gives ordinary men supernatural abilities. It's quite interesting to think that the Almighty God chose 11 fishermen, unlearned men, to start his church. One would think that he would have chosen doctors and lawyers and accountants and he would have chose people who were eloquent and intelligent but God chose unlearned men good God almighty to start a supernatural structure because God is saying I don't need eloquence I don't need intelligence I don't need your abilities because what I'm about to do in you, I've got to put the Holy Ghost on you. And if the Holy Ghost is on you, you have higher than intelligence. You got higher than eloquence because it's supernatural. It's supernatural. You see, intelligence is needed to occupy till he comes. But the things of God need spiritual things. Spiritual things call for spiritual measurement. Because I never heard that no BA drive out demon. I never heard no PhD. Walk on the water. I never heard no PhD heal the sick. I never heard no PhD heal the blind. But I heard that the Holy Ghost, the third member, the power, it's the power, it's the power. start the church and all I need is faithfulness and all I need is somebody who love God with all their hearts their mind their soul and their spirit that's all I need in the believer and then I can get it going good God Almighty ah but let me go to my first point and my question is, Adonai, I got a question for you. Do you have the pastor for the power? Because you see, there is a pastor for the power. For the Bible says, these 11 men are found themselves in an interesting position. Judas was hung and their rabbi leader, savior, redeemer, was crucified and raised.
from the dead. They found themselves in a very interesting position, being instructed to execute the vision, to take the gospel to the four corners of the world. They found themselves in a hostile place, surrounded by people who opposed their views. People were anxiously waiting to behead them. Ah, people were waiting to kill them. It was already prophesied that the Almighty God was going to release the gift to the church. Good God Almighty. You see, the inception of the early church could not take place until the gift of the Holy Ghost was released. Jesus now planned to ascend, but he promised that he's not gonna leave them powerless. You see, Jesus understood that the church will go through all different kinds of spiritual warfare because the devil don't like nothing that has God in it. And you know that uh, in the Old Testament, as a matter of fact, before uh, he created the universe, uh, Satan messed up heaven. And he knew that if he can mess up heaven, good God Almighty, he can mess up the earth. And so God says, I'ma start the church. But I'ma start it so good with the Holy Ghost as the foundation. Because I know upon this rock, I'ma build my church. Ah, they 
replaced Matthias with uh, Judas was replaced uh, by Matthias and what I love about this church it's not just constructed with men for the Bible says in the upper room there were 120 so Jesus is saying in this dispensation I'm not gonna leave anybody out 120 not just the disciples but there are some men there's some women there's some boys and there were some girls oh yay yay you see 120 some people would have said we have more than enough to start church but Jesus said no it's not the number the strength is not in the number the strength is not in the number but the strength is in the Holy Ghost you better get yourself in the upper room you better get yourself in position out of night ministries get in the upper room and charge his church to get in the upper room you department ladies department ladies department musicians media the leaders i command you get in the upper room Position yourself. There's a pastor. There's a pastor for the outpouring and a night ministry. Get in the upper room. Get in the upper room. It can't happen unless you get in the upper room and a night. It's time for the upper room. the Greek why they're in the upper room they got in the upper room they follow instructions all of them men women disciples I believe Mary Magdalene that washed his feet with her hair I believe all of them they're up in the upper room and he said when you get there I want you to wait I you see the Greek word for wait is anamino it means to wait in patience and expectancy you said Jesus wanted them to align themselves for an outpouring he wanted them to first get things in order can I tell you Adonai we can't see no outpouring until we get in order so I command this church some of you are holding up the revival but I command you, I command you, Satan, loose up Adonai, loose up Adonai, I say loose, loose Adonai, we getting ready baby, for a revival. Notice he never start the church on the 11 because 12 means government and government means there's an order and God is not going to start nothing that is out of order. 
And so if we're out of order, we will never see a move of God. And so many times we're crying and praying, oh, like the people doing Elijah Day who are worshiping false prophet and nothing happened. But I dear this church to come back to order because God is a God of order and nothing will pour out until there is order. In the church, so he said, Go wait in expectancy because you see, with the pastor to receive, uh, when there is an expectancy. It means you're waiting for something to happen. You're looking for something to happen. You already believe that something is about to happen. You see, there was a pastor of expectancy. There was a pastor of unity. There was a pastor of prayer. There was a pastor of righteousness. There was a pastor of forgiveness. And there was a pastor to receive. Good God Almighty. At a night, do you have the pastor? But without this pastor, uh, let me reiterate. There will be no outpouring. And we will be doomed. Oh, at a let us get the right pastor. Let us get the right pastor. Let us begin to expect. Let us unite. Let us pray the power down. Let us live right. Let us forgive one another. Let us expect to receive. Out of night ministries. I dare you to change your pastor in this season. God is not limited. COVID-19 But the God that we serve Walked on the water Opened blinded eyes The sun stood still in the sky But God Almighty The God we serve Is sovereign He transcends time The God we serve Is almighty Where's your expectancy It's the right time For the harvest is right. Laborers are few. Forget about your self-pity. Forget about who said and didn't say. Move it! Moving on, what is Pentecost? Because Pentecost Sunday. You see, Pentecost is 50 days after the Passover week, which is 50 days after Jesus' resurrection. According to Leviticus 23 and verse 15, they were to count seven Sabbaths from the offering of the first fruit and commemorate that day, good God Almighty, as the day of Pentecost. You see, it is called the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of the Harvest, and the Day of the First Fruit. I want you to hear this, Adonai. It's a commemoration of the promise 
to release the power of God upon the earth. You see, it was a time when the Jews brought their first fruit of their harvest in Thanksgiving, expecting that God would give the rest of the harvest as a blessing. Ah, uh, you see, they came with something to bless God. Ah, uh, they came with a heart of gratitude. Ah, uh, good God Almighty, they came to commemorate the day of the resurrection because they understood what the resurrection meant. As a born again believer, it's absolutely necessarily important to understand the power of the resurrection. We worship on a Sunday because we commemorate the first fruit. Jesus Christ is our first fruit. We are reaping the harvest because of Jesus and what he did. And so he says, after I go up, release the power on the earth not gonna leave them comfortless I'm not gonna leave them nor forsake them I'm gonna release the power the power of Pentecost you see Pentecost means the devil and his armies defeated it means hell and the grave has been defeated sicknesses are defeated and it's the inception of the early church it meant power was unleashed and the church it means we're spirit filled Filled with the power, filled with the Holy Ghost, good God Almighty, resurrection power is being released. He said, position yourself for it. I'm about to release. I'm about to release. I deny. I come to prophesy. Church, and I'm waiting in expectation for a release upon Adonai. I said, God Almighty, just as you did it, God Almighty, God Almighty. So he said to them, uh, he said, when did they come? On the day of Pentecost. He said they were all gathered together in one accord, in one place. There's a famous axiom which states that unity is strength. And the Hebrew word for unity is yahad. You see, unity means 
togetherness. It means having the same mindset and having the willingness to support one another. I didn't chew on that. Same mindset and willingness to support one another. You see, when we stand united, we are more effective. And you see, that's why the adage says, unity, uh, united we stand, but divided we fall. You see, when there is unity, there's a support system. Psalm 133, one says, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. You see, one of the ills of the present church is the demon of discord and disunity. Satan hates when the people of God come together. You see, if we intend to receive the power, if we intend to be totally endued with power from an eye, we need to destroy the demon of disunity. You see, Adonai, we have to let bygones be bygones. We gotta forgive and release, repent to receive. But about time, Adonai, that you join with Bishop and myself as we move the vision forward by faith. I believe it's time, Adonai, for a next level of unity because God is a God of unity and the three members of the Godhead work together. Nobody is jealous of one another but Jesus said if you see me you see the father I and my father we are one the church of the Lord Jesus is suffering from this unity but we need oneness one voice one vision one church if we need to see and move and dear this church to come together i said come together one chase a thousand but two don't talk in sanctified believer
I go deeper. You see, when God realized what Satan did in heaven, he had to kick him out because this unity will mess up any project. And God says, because you got the spirit of disunity, you got dissension, and you got division, and I can't have that in heaven. And so he had to kick him out with one third of them who have the same mind as Satan. Ah, because you see, God specialized in unity. Good God Almighty. You see, if we just master the art of unity, good God Almighty, we wouldn't have place to put people. We wouldn't have enough room on the Zoom. Good God Almighty, Adonai, it's not time to be distracted. Good God Almighty, be like little children. If I offend you, if I hurt you, forgive me. Keep the unity strong. My third point, the right place at the right time. The Bible says, according to Acts 1.8, Jesus gave them strict command to wait in Jerusalem for the promise. And you see, there is a famous saying that to be in the right place at the right time. You see, Jesus wanted them to be endued with power from an eye. And look at some of the facts of Jerusalem so I can show you where Jesus is going. You see, Jerusalem means the city of peace. It's one of the most important city on the face of the earth in the history of God's act by which redemption is accomplished. It was the royal city, the capital of the only kingdom God has established on the earth thus far. You see, it's where the temple was erected and the city of the prophets. But Adonai, it was in Jerusalem that the death, the resurrection, and the ascension take place. Jerusalem was a very hostile place that was always under attack by the enemy. Jerusalem represented peace. However, the enemy has been constantly attacking the city. See, there's always promoting the promotion of war. There was civil war which led to the splitting of the nation. And it's in Jerusalem we heard that it became a part of the southern kingdom while the ten tribes formed the new kingdom of Israel. Nebuchadnezzar captured the city in 597 B.C. It was in Jerusalem that Zedekiah watched his two sons murdered his eyes. Sorry, watch his sons murdered and they gouged out his eyes right there in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a very hostile place. Very hostile. And Jesus said to them, 
right where they promoted the hostility. I'm sending you back right in to the center, the epicenter of the hostility. Jesus is saying, all this time, Satan put a siege on the city. And he did all different manner of evil. Persecuted the prophets. But he says, that which is about to be poured out. I want you to go right in the upper room of the hostility because that which is about to be poured out I will disintegrate and destroy it. every demonic struggle right in the epicenter of Jerusalem what am I saying? We're like a Jerusalem when the Holy Ghost show up on our inside. Anything that is not of God got to go because the Holy Ghost will siege it. The Holy Ghost will disintegrate it. The Holy Ghost will destroy it. What are you going through? Is it pain? Is it suffering? Is it heartache? Is it discouragement? Is it disappointment? It is hatred. What are you facing? Are you sick in your body? What are you going through? Did you lose your job? Are you losing your mind? Are you frustrated? What are you going through? Did your children turn their backs on you? Are you lonely? Are you disappointed? I come by to tell you right in the midst of your problem, the Holy Ghost has sent the third member of the planet as a God. God Almighty, release the power. God Almighty, release the power upon every demonic stronghold. Satan, you're defeated. Satan, Rivaso, you're no man. By the Holy Ghost and the fire, Rimosaya, mighty God, baptize this church with Holy Ghost power. I need the fire, God Almighty, pour out. I say pour out, pour out, pour out. Let all the ghosts, let all the ghosts, holy ghosts, and the zoo, and the Facebook, and the YouTube, in the sanctuary, God 
Almighty. We need the glory. We need the power. We need the fire. Need the anointed. God Almighty. So as you did it in Acts 2, we come together. God Almighty. God Almighty. Poor. 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 Sent, 
So we're in a dispensation where many of our forefathers are able to pull up the power. I'm closing. But it seems as if something is wrong in this epoch. For the Protestant Reformation in 1517, Luther nailed the 95 Thesis to the door of Wittenberg Castle, Germany. And it was the most significant religious event of the church from Pentecost to the present day. It separated the Protestants from the Roman Catholic. There was a great awakening and there was a second great awakening. We heard of the Azusa Street Revival when Seymour, this is in 1906 to 1950, speaking in tongues, there was dramatic worship and miracles. And it was the catalyst for the spread of Pentecostalism in the 20th century. But the problem is, why aren't we pulling on this power? It's a simple formula. We need to be born again. We need to live a life of, that's holy and pleasing before God. We've got to read our Bible regularly and pray without ceasing and ask God for it. But one thing that I noticed with these great revival, revival that I don't see that is happening in the church in this epoch is that every revival started with hunger. And so we're living in the dispensation where uh, cars and houses and nice clothes and shoes and money have messed up the believers. So there's no, there's no hungry. It's just watching my clock. Let's close now, Pastor Camille. I think we've had enough. But there's no hunger for God. There's no slaying at the altar. There's no waiting in no ex expectancy uh, because your belly is full and you drive a nice car and you live somewhere nice and you're not used to it because some of you were born poor and so things mess you up and it mess up your spirituality but the church has to get to a place where pastor of hunger when you are hungry and you're about to die. You ain't gonna give up because you don't wanna die. Because you're hungry. You're hungry for it. These revivalists were hungry. And I'm praying for this church to get hungry for God. Uh, for the Bible sheet that the 120 came together in one accord and because they were hungry there was an expectancy because when you're hungry you are expecting to eat food at some time because if you don't expect to eat food at some point you're going to die oh, but I wish the church would get hungry and so when they came, the 120 of them, they didn't just come, you see, and sit down and just, you know, begin to wait 
okay, when is he gonna come now? Um, he said to stay here and wait. So I'm just gonna stay here and wait. But the Bible said they came in expectancy, expectancy, and so they had the pastor for revival. Adonai, do you have the pastor for revival? You wanna know the pastor for revival? Some of them were like this. Some of them were praying. They were praying vehemently because they wanted to see a move of God. And so they didn't have no pride. All they wanted, they had the expectation, expectancy. But they read it in the Leviticus that it's gonna come. And they said, God, if it's gonna come, I wanna see it. And nothing is gonna hinder me from seeing it. So some of them were on their knees and they were praying. They didn't wonder and worry who was talking about them. There were no distractions. They just got down on their knees and they zoom into heaven. Their mind is on heaven. Their heart is on heaven. Their spirit is tied. But the expectancy, good God Almighty, there was no distraction. There was no gossip. There was no malice. Oh, they say God. I know it's coming and I want to see it. So some of them got down on their knees. Lord, we approach you in humility and love. We adore, honor, and magnify you. We exalt your holy and matchless name. We glorify and we acknowledge your supremacy and your sovereignty. We extend honor to you majestic Lord the only wise God who is the ruler of the universe the true and living God who sent his son as a propitiation to die for our sins you alone is God and so we give you all the glory the honor and the recognition according to Genesis 1 26 we arise to take dominion upon the earth Lord, clothe us in your righteousness, creating us a clean heart and renew the right spirit within us. According to your tender mercies, blot out our transgressions. According to your word, you have given us power to tread upon scorpions. We tread upon every scorpion coming to poison our breakthrough. You said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God to pull down strongholds. Lord, pull down every stronghold in our lives in Jesus' name. Uh, in Psalm 3 verse 3, you said, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. Uh, Lord, we arise in our dominion. And we take authority knowing that you are our shield and our buckler. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against around me, round about me. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth 
of the ungodly. Lord, you told Jehoshaphat that the battle is not his, but the battle is yours. And so, Lord, we give you our battles today in the name of Jesus. In Psalm 30, verse 5, you said, For his anger endureth but a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And so, Lord, we know that you are sending our joy now in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we decree and declare that our joy is coming in this set moment. Lord, let us dwell in your secret place and allow us to abide under your shadow. Lord, we know that you are our battle axe. Therefore, fight our battles for us. We know that there is power in the name of Jesus therefore break every chain in our lives now in Jesus name we decree and declare that no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper Lord Jesus destroy every wickedness concocted against us we destroy Obiah we destroy X, we destroy incantation, voodoo, white magic, black magic, divination, sorcery, ill-spoken words, ancestral curses, juju, santeria, devil in the dark art, hunters of the night, demonic dreams, spiritual husband, incubus, sickabus. We destroy them by the power of the Holy Ghost and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We destroy them now in in Jesus name we destroy sicknesses in our bloodline father we destroy cancer high blood pressure diabetes AIDS we destroy anxiety mental disorder our spirit the spirit of homosexualism promiscuity and lesbianism father we destroy them now by the power of the Holy Ghost father you told us in your word that healing is the children's bread therefore we decree and declare total healing upon thanks for listening our mission here is simple to bring you the saving love of Jesus Christ through salvation. We hope you'd subscribe and share this podcast so you can receive the latest podcast in your daily victorious Christian walk with God. We also invite you to visit our website, www.adonaiministries.ca, to know more about us. You can also follow us on social media to join our live services online to stay connected. Worship with us this Sunday at Adonai Ministries Toronto, located at 1111 Finch Avenue West, Unit 34, Toronto, Canada. We'd love to pray with you today. Simply call plus one, 647-882-9708 right now. We love to appreciate your financial support and donations. It keeps the ministry going. We're praying for you. Adonai Ministries, transforming lives for the kingdom of God.